0: Good morning, evening or even night, I'd like to give you a warm welcome to the first ever Your Global Affairs podcast. I'm your host Owen Bucken, and thank you for tuning in. As this is our first podcast, I just want to give you a brief overview of the objectives and structure of the podcast. This bite-sized bi-weekly podcast series is designed to give the listener an understanding as to what's going on in such a complex and fast-moving world. The show spins two parts. Firstly, a rundown of five news stories from around the globe, taken from our written journal. And then secondly, an interview of our guest. He'll be answering a few questions and giving us an in-depth analysis of an international subject of their choice. So without any delay, let's get into the show. So here's our stories. Firstly, the Human Rights Organization Global Witness has published a report claiming 227 environmental activists have been killed for their work. The report highlights Colombia, the Philippines and Mexico, as over half the deaths have occurred in just these three countries. Next, the upcoming German federal election is still too close to call. The election is set to to take place on the 20th of September and will determine the successor for the long-standing Angela Merkel. According to some German polls, 40% of voters are still undecided and still no candidate has emerged as a favourite. In India, three women have been sworn into the Supreme Court. While there has been much celebration on social media, some are still sceptical. A lack of female representation in India's judiciary is still prevalent. The idea of a female Chief Justice is still far away. In Morocco, the long standing Islamist Party, Islamist government, has been ousted by the Liberal Party. As is Akanoc, the leader of the Liberal Party, is set to become Prime Minister once a government is formed. Akhenouch is no newbie, he has been a part of most of Morocco's coalition governments. For the past 23 years. And lastly, the Democratic Governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has survived a recall election. Throughout the election, Newsom was accused of hypocrisy after dining in a restaurant despite his own stay at home order. With the support of titans like President Joe Biden, the incumbent governor, he survived the recall. Now, over to our guest. Today's guest is an incredibly important figure within York Global Affairs. So if you could just introduce yourself, please, and tell us what you're here to discuss.
1: Hi, I'm Luke Jones, the chairman of York Global Affairs, and today I'm here to discuss British foreign policy.
0: That's fantastic, Luke. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks. How are you, Aaron? I'm good, thank you, and that's good to hear. So my first question for you, Luke, What is the objective of Britain's foreign policy then?
1: It's all outlined in the integrated review and it's commonly referred to as Global Britain. It's shaped as a rebalance of Britain's foreign policy strategy in a new global order. This involves reaching beyond the European sphere through bilateral relations and multilateral agreements. the Anglosphere, Commonwealth, Indo-Pacific and elsewhere. It shares the long-held belief that we are with Europe but not of it. In other words, the UK should play a global role, not a regional one. However, despite these changes, support for the maintenance of global free trade, international institutions and the rule of law
0: remain the same. Fantastic, so in terms of these goals and objectives how is the UK planning on achieving these or how are we currently achieving them?
1: I think a very good example of this is the Indo-Pacific tilt. This region has a concentration of the world's high growth economies and of course China which is shaking up the geopolitical landscape. Just last week we saw the UK, the US and Australia agree on a new security partnership which will equip Australia with nuclear-powered submarines. In my article for YPR recently I outlined three bilateral and multilateral ways in which the UK government Will likely engage in this region this ranges from regional free trade agreements to security partnerships identifying china as a systemic competitor there are many ways that the government are looking to really tap in on this region's potential
0: okay luke so my last question for you do you think the uk's broader foreign policy goals are realistic and achievable?
1: That's a good question Erin. And of course, Global Britain is not without its sceptics. At home they say that it's rich on rhetoric but weak on substance. And abroad, China has fashioned it as a return to colonialism. But what it does try to do is see Brexit as an opportunity. And for that I commend it. There are clear gains To engaging with the Indo-Pacific but we must box clever. The UK is one of many interested interested countries in the Indo-Pacific and elsewhere and with this in mind the government must first think of the national interest, what it seeks to gain for Britain when it engages in the Indo-Pacific and the far reaches of the world, and with that in mind, second, it must find a role, not the other way around. and that's absolutely crucial.
0: Well, thank you Luke, that's all my questions. It's been a pleasure having you on, and thank you again for coming on. Thank you Ian. Well, I'd like to thank all of our listeners today. I hope you enjoyed our first show and will continue to tune in in future episodes. From all of us at YGA, thank you and goodbye.